Hello and good afternoon, good evening, good morning. When any of you are listening to this, wherever you are, I hope you're having a premier day or premier morning. You see, well, Forrest got promoted, so I'm saying premier stuff. Um, yeah, what a ride. We haven't spoke to you since pre-Wembley. Uh, uh, I drove past it yesterday and I must admit, got absolute spine tingles just seeing that bit of uh, arch up in the sky. Um, people who are under that arch with me and to join me and reminisce on all this. Oh, just a side note, we've uh, waited a little bit here. Uh, because we wanted to make sure that we could, uh, you know, just take it all in. You know, there was podcasts everywhere and we thought it was a good idea to do that. So uh, I'm going to introduce you briefly to my guest Sierra with me. So his name says Ron on here, but it's Kieran Curtis. How are you, Kieran? I am absolutely fantastic, mate. I couldn't be better. I have been this way for a good few weeks now. I don't want it to end. Well, that's good news. I mean, I can only keep thinking about how this would have been if it had gone slightly differently on the 29th. Um, next to you on my uh, pod list here is the wonderful Holly Royal. How are you feeling, Holly? How's it good to be a, a Premier League Holly Royal? Oh, it feels absolutely magnificent. And the sun is shining. What could be better? Well, nothing really. I'm, I'm not going to say that. I don't think anything could be better. Everything's absolutely wonderful in the world of Reds. Uh, Lisa, just where have you just been? Greece or somewhere lovely? Was it Greece? Yeah, it was Greece. It was Greece. Up nice, e- educating the Greeks on uh, on our glorious leader and the <laughs> politics of our football team. It was a, a fantastic. I, I know that I left with two extra Forest fans in our pockets. Excellent, wonderful stuff. Um, and yes, yeah, so, yeah, you're you're happy as well. I take it. Whatever's going on, it's you know got a bit of a tan in Forest or Premier League, yeah. Yeah, Premier League, mate, all the way. Wonderful stuff. We've got a special guest who's going to be joining us in a minute. So pre, before I join uh, him or bring him in, uh, I just want to go quickly on about what's gone on uh, since the 29th. So I say we were going to do a podcast straight away and we just, you know, we just thought we'd, you can read all the things, you can listen to all the clips, you can watch all the videos, we can listen to all the music and cry and all the things we're going to do. Uh, Kieran, I just want quickly from you, what was your reaction like when that whistle went? Or was it like me when that goal kick when, you know, Holmes knocked it a bit long and I started really shaking a bit and going, oh my God, I even Forrest surely can't do it from here. Well, my reaction was a little bit muted, mate, because I was in the wrong end of the ground. Um, so we had to uh, stifle it a little bit until a few glum Yorkshiremen made their way out of the stands. Uh, but what I will say is that that moment that you were talking about there, just before that, uh, that goal kick, it was like, you just felt the nerves jangling. But I saw Ryan Yates turn to Brennan Johnson and Jed Spence, who were already hugging each other a little bit. And he just bellowed at them, get in position. And I was like, yes, we are Premier League. And that's the attitude. I think whatever you thought was going to happen, right? And being Forest fans of all of a certain vintage, and and I'm sure our uh, our guests will agree with this when he comes on, is... You, you change how you do it. If you'd have got me in 92 or whatever, I'd have gone, yeah, we're Forest, we can whatever, you know, but you see things, as I've been saying all year, I've seen things. And even then I allowed it to sort of go, okay, th- this is happening now. Holly, you were, were your brother, were you really brother for that one? How was our was final whistle for you? Well, this is a good point, actually, because we were split up. Because um, thanks to someone wonderful on this podcast, uh, I managed to get my brother a ticket, which is fantastic. And... Um, we said our goodbyes. He went around the other side of the stadium and I didn't see him until, well, well after the final whistle, uh, all the way through getting on the tube, um, didn't have any signal. So I hadn't really had a chance to see him or speak to him or re- even really text him. Um, and we'd arranged between all the people that I went with that we were going to meet at the pub in Marlebone, not the, the Forest pub, but just another one on Marlebone High Street. And um, I was walking up and he spotted me. I spotted him and there was this wonderful moment where we ran up to each other 
gave each other this massive hug and I just remember him saying we've done it whole we've done it and it was just like just incredible and um yeah I mean I just want to bottle that feeling really it was just something just once in a lifetime kind of feeling really and just that connection I guess we all had this didn't we this connection with our families as well what a special day it was and it's just uh, memories made for a lifetime I think yeah this this is the part where I'm kind of glad that we are you know fans and punters really because we can you know you there's no professionalism we really need to keep with it really other than trying to entertain people on the podcast I will openly admit um, that having spent the game next to my Chelsea support, another half who was just going crazy for us and holding me going, you're Premier League, and I'm just losing it. I went all full pack cash and had to climb five rows back to my dad um, just to hug him. But he was already having a party with some people he didn't, didn't know anyway. Uh, Lisa, you and Talian, and uh, what was ever going on there behind you? Inflatables, jumpers, I mean, what, what, what was going on with you? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, we, we were in the middle block, so we were out of the sun completely. So yeah, the jumper was on from, from minute one um and Talian was blown up just before half time I think and somebody actually said to me oh you've got that alien I went no 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 I've got the premiership alien because I've got the Stevie Cooper alien there is no other Stevie Cooper alien um and it was fantastic I mean I think I started to cry after about 85 minutes it was like this is how real it is but but even just being that you know we are Forest fans we've we've been there we know what things are like and when we made the substitution, when Samba went off and Horvath came on, I was like, what are we doing? What if it, what if it goes to penalties? That was my reaction. And Donna, Donna, my sister, she was just like, Lisa, don't be crazy. You know, we're, we're there, we're, we're there. And I went, no, no, no. I, I was there when we played Yeovil. I was pregnant. Jessica stood at the side of me, bless her. She's just turned 15. And I was there at Yeovil. I saw in that last five minutes. And I actually said at that point, you know, it's not over till the fat lady sings. So we've all been there. We've all seen how tough it's been for Forest, and I think there was just the game itself was rubbish um and yet the the atmosphere inside that ground like Holly said you just want to bottle it because that was incredible I don't think I've ever known an atmosphere like it and I didn't actually get to watch the game back until Saturday um and being just just being back from Greece my my body clock was all over the shop so I was about half past five sat watching this game and I must have watched the goal back about 10 times because I wanted to count the amount of passes and I, and I think everybody's noticed on social media over the last couple of weeks and it has kind of been a bit of a sticking thing for me that it's all been about the two penalties that weren't given yeah yeah and the VAR um, for me there has not been enough said about the amount of passes that were involved in the lead up to our goal. I don't care how that goal went in. It was going in anyway. Yatesy would have got on it and I'd have won some money because you know what I'm like with my betting. Um, Lisa, but, listen, Lisa isn't obsessed with the betting. She just seems to be very spookily good. I'm just at very good. <laughs> good at choosing Ryan Yates to score. Um, but I c- cannot believe, you know, I, I went back and looked at that on Saturday and counted from Samba. There was 22 passes. Ryan Yates number. 22 passes. I shame it won 23 though for the years. That would have been, you know. However... Nine players out of our 11 touched the ball in that passage of play. And I think if you actually go back a little bit further, because it wasn't, it didn't start at Samba. I just started it from, you know, we're, we're at the back. I think possibly all 11 of our players touched that ball. And had it been Ryan Yates scoring and not an own goal, that's what we'd be talking about. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know about you, but I also had a really 
briefly weird moment, maybe worried about VAR. I didn't. I thought it was slightly delayed when the goal went in. It was kind of, is it? You know, I kind of it seemed a bit delayed where I was, but it definitely wasn't delayed after. Um, we're going to bring in a special guest now. Um, I know from you know hearing him on various other things and what he's written. Uh, the, probably the last thing he wants to do is hear it's about him in some ways, but unfortunately, you're always going to be tied to this. So I'm going to play about 54 seconds and we'll introduce you because it's the best introduction you could ever give to a person. Um, put your fingers in your ears if you need to, but this is going to be with you for the rest of your life. So uh, let's go. The referee should blow his whistle and call time on Forrest's extended stay outside the top flight. It's match day from BBC Radio Nottingham. spare his blushes it's mr colin Frey. hello colin thanks for joining us <laughs> hi how you doing yeah not too bad is it um you know you you've that's you're probably going to be a kenneth walsenheim one isn't it now is it i mean there's been plenty <laughs> through the years i know i can think of but we ever gonna really tire of it or are we gonna be the last one you listen to before you have a bit of a break <laughs> <laughs> uh, i it was it was just such a special moment wasn't it it was just such a special moment for everybody. And, you know, I've just heard all of you guys talking about your own experiences of, uh, of where you were. And, and, and I, I don't, none of us will ever forget it. None of us will ever forget that moment, I don't think, and the feeling that went with it. And as I just as you just heard me describe there, the explosion of joy, because the thing that looking back on on it all now, I think the thing that really uh, that, that that really has maybe surprised me in a little way, but a, the thing that makes me smile most about it is not necessarily that Forrest are in the Premier League. It's the fact that Forrest being in the Premier League has brought so much joy to so many people and has put so many smiles on so many faces. And, uh, you know, we've seen that all season long, that there's been smiles on faces during the course of the season for spectacular goals, for unbelievable comebacks in stoppage time, whatever it might be. Um, and it was a schoolboy error, isn't it? I've left my phone on. Um, no, sorry, if you can do it, then I feel <laughs> my quality is good. So that's good. <laughs> um, and we've seen, so we've seen so many of those moments that, you know, smiles on faces moments, but um, that one, is just gonna, it's just gonna live with us forever, forever and ever. Anybody that was there, hopefully people that were listening as well that weren't fortunate enough to be there, but just what a moment, what a moment. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's a funny one because, um, well, a little brief potted history of the pod. So uh, Kieran and I were guests on it before and then we said we'd take it on this year because the, the host before got a lot of stuff on and at the start of the season, we were like, what have we done here? Because, <laughs> you know, Lisa and I do Radio Nottingham with Aaron on, you know, in the game and, you know, even then it was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm not a basher. I don't want to knock someone, you know, Chris Hewton and, you know, whatever it's going, but it come a point where we're like, what do we do? And it was so bleak. You never would have thought it could have happened how it did. And I'm sure you're sort of blue in the face of hearing the words 108 years and God knows what. But in terms of football stories, you know, I don't think any club has a divine right or a monopoly on them. But after Brian Clough and that story, 
Boris have just written another one, haven't they, with a 108-year thing, the start they had and what they've done. It's, it's remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it is. It, it's almost another miracle. You know, miracle on Trent's side too. Um, you know, let's see what happens over the next two or three years. But you never know, do you? Um, I, I just, I, but it is. It's it's an extraordinary enough story in its own right. Just just this season, because like you say, 108 years, the worst start for 108 years. One point after seven games, but more than that, the place was flat, wasn't it? I mean, the, the players were flat, the club was flat, the fans were flat. Um, everything it was had to be picked right up off the floor when uh, when Steve Cooper came in and uh, and credit to Stephen Reed as well for starting the process immediately even before Steve Cooper got there. Mm. Um, but it was a long long way back and, and and the story of you know how it unfolded and and not only the story and, and the wins and and how they've climbed up the table and you know, getting out of relegation was the first target, getting into mid-table was the next target, and God, you know what, they might even challenge here in the top half and maybe get close to the top six, and then getting into the top six, and then they're in the top six, and now there's a battle on for second, and all of that stuff, incredible. But in addition to all of that, the football they were playing was magnificent. Yeah, unlike the Mooshies. just the brilliant to watch. The Mooshies was quite, even though it was going, it was, uh, wasn't the same brand to sell, was it? No, it wasn't, um, and, and it was successful in its own way and I still think that people are right when they say that had Covid not struck and had we had full houses uh, as we would have done towards the end of the season then uh, you know I, I can't see us not getting that one extra point would have needed to at least get into the playoffs who knows what happens then I, I'm not sure Forest were close to the team they are this season or have been this season then um, so maybe the playoffs might have been a step too far. But as we've always said, when you get in the playoffs, you just never know. Although until this season, of course, with Forest, you generally do know. So many things this season have just been, we, you know, we can write that off now. We, it, it, you know, that stat's gone. It doesn't matter anymore. It, it's not the case anymore that Forest can't win playoff campaigns. It's not the case that Forest bottle it when they get close to the playoffs. It's not the case that they can't win a second leg. Um, or can't get through after a second leg, maybe I should say. Um, uh, and, you know, there's there's so many of those things and, and so many stats. The record books have been rewritten this season, you know, best number, most number of points since 97, 98 at this level, all that sort of stuff. Um, but, I, but on top of all that, that the, the kind of, I remember saying on the radio uh, after Forrest had beaten QPR on the Wednesday night, I think it was, they'd stuffed Reading on, Saturday scored in 18 seconds and then switched off for the first half and then absolutely were magnificent in the second half. So they'd beaten Reading 4 nearly in 45 minutes effectively. And then they were a goal down to QPR, who then were still top six and came back and won 3 1. I said on the radio after that game, there is no team, Fulham and Bournemouth included, who are playing football like we're watching at the moment. Okay. Um, and it was just so, so as well as the story being such a great story with, as it turned out, and I was calling for it over the last month or so, needing a really good ending, needing the perfect ending, and we got the perfect ending in the end. But as well as it being a great story to watch unfold, the football was brilliant. Oh, it's, <laughs> it was just so good. My, my little girl's 20 months old, and I think if she ever looks back on her early days, well, for, you know, like my partner, um, she'll be under the table now, worried what I'm going to say to you, Cole, because you become <laughs> a bit of a, even as a Chelsea fan, you become a firm favourite. Um, it's, 
it's the thing is that I, I said to Natalie all season since January, I was going, it's not always like this. I've seen things. It's not, you're great. You're going up. You'll, you'll be great with VAR and the Premier League. It really helped your team. We're not like, this is Forrest we're talking about, Natalie. Calm it down. Uh, but we have been really spoiled with it. Um, I'm going to, I, I could yap all day. There's, there's a media studies failed guy here who wanted to be a Forrester uh, commentator <laughs> all my life who could just go, oh my God, it's a one-on-one with the voice that's been in my ears all these years. I'm going to hand over to the other guys here with some questions. We've got loads and loads from the people on Twitter. Um, there's loads of them I'm not going to ask you about Steve Hodge's hand in his pocket and things like that. We're now, you know, some money and all this kind of stuff. Um, because, you know, you're a professional. I don't want to embarrass you. Like when we had Dane Murphy on, we couldn't ask him when Jed Spence was signing. So we're, <laughs> we're going to try and keep pro as we can as well. So I'm going to hand over to Kieran first with his first one and then we'll go from there. Sure. Well, you know what, Colin, since you've already mentioned the, the level and the style of play that we achieved this season, and covering us for plenty of time now, is this the best footballing side you've seen in that time? Or there, were there others that might have rivaled it? Uh, there were others, but you have to go back a long way. I've been thinking about this a lot this season. When is it the best football since? Um, they played some really good football for a spell of a dozen games or so under Billy Davis in the first in the season that ended up in the first playoff campaign under Billy Davis when they ended up losing to Blackpool. I thought they were outstanding for a period which pretty much combined with Nicky Shorey being at the club uh, from about November to early to mid-January. Um, and that would have included the famous West Brom night on the Friday night. They were playing some fantastic football then. But what I would say is that this team that we've been watching this season has done it over a longer period of time. Because I thought towards the end of that season, they tailed off a little bit. Um, and that, would, that sort of dozen games was their peak and that was great for those dozen games. But either side of it, it wasn't quite so good. So I would say that this season's been better than that. So then you've got to go back a bit further. Um, I think probably 97, 98, uh, when they won the league with uh, Pierre van Hooydonk and Kevin Campbell scoring goals under Dave Bassett. That, that side that was champions at championship level. Um, and then, of course, you can go back to some of the earlier 90s sides. I mean, Frank Clark's team was very, very good, 93, 94. Then, obviously, into the Premier League, 94, 95, and to finish third in the Premier League, you know, you've got to say that that, that was really an exciting time. Um, so, but I, so, so I think the answer to the question, uh, this is the best team since, I think for me is probably 97, 98. But I think, you know, you can now look at it and say, well, they surpassed the number of points that they got in 97, 98. Uh, no, they didn't in the end, did they? They, they, were, they were the best since 97 and 98. And of course, that team won the league as well. So you're probably looking since then, I think, and, and that really attacking side under Dave Bassett. That's that's what I'd go for. Anyway. Yeah, that was a, we actually did a bit of a, a poll during the season asking when did you remember last enjoying watching Forest this much? Because uh, and the winner actually was Billy. Well, you're saying with Billy in terms of when people last enjoyed watching Forest actually play yeah. because in terms yeah. of the way it's spread about and you know I've I've listened to obviously stuff for years and there's times when even on commentary you'll be going and it's a there's, there's one on the clip when you did your 25 years thing on the BBC and you're going and Blackstock scores and it's almost like it's a goal unlike it's almost like with Forest you need the peril to give you yeah. the, oh my god you know <laughs> so they definitely give you a lot of those Cole. That's right. Isn't it? Uh, yes, yes, we're we're well versed in peril. That's for yeah, sure. Let's quit. I'm going to leave peril. It's so 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though, you know, like you know. <laughs> um, Holly, um, you know, this is uh, last time we had Paul McGregor, which was obviously that mix of Forest versus your indie roots and stuff as well. But as someone like me who's in exile from Nottingham in London, yourself, um, Colin is a voice in your ear all the time. So yeah, say hello to Mr. Colin and ask your question. 
Hello, Colin. Hi, Holly. <laughs> um, yeah, Holly. No, I've got a, a massive smile on my face. If anyone told me Forrest would be in the Premier League and I'd be talking to Colin Frey, I would never have believed them. So thank you very much. It's a pleasure to meet you. Um, so my question is, what is the strangest place that your voice has been recognised? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that's, that's a good question. Um, I, I mean, it's not going to be that strange, to be honest, but I think uh, ordering some tablets at the pharmacy. Um, did you order them like this? And it's five minutes till I've been waiting. <laughs> I don't know why I, I didn't. Really didn't. Walk I promise I didn't. <laughs> Can I have a box of paracetamol, please? Oh, um, sorry, we're uh, using that at the start of the podcast from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I didn't do that. Um, but no, that's that. I mean, it's it's you know, it, it, it's it's not a really strange place, and I can't off the top of my head think of any uh, any more strange place. Uh, but I, you know, I do get that a lot. It's changed a little bit with social media because um, the, my face is now a little bit more recognisable than it ever was. You know, I keep a low profile. I don't do social media on a personal level. I do for work, obviously, and, and contribute to the the RNS Twitter feed and stuff like that. Um, but so I don't have personal social media. So I, I was always a kind of a low profile guy, but that seems to have sort of gone out the window a little bit. <laughs> you can't stand in front of 25,000 people in Market Square and uh, not may <laughs> have a course. really very low profile, is it? Yeah, I was going to say you're the rock star now. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's certainly been more the voice up until the last month or so. It's been more the voice than the face that ever gets recognised. So it has been over the years, only when I open my gob, that one or two people <laughs> sort of look around and you sort of get that yeah. reaction Double take yeah I, I know that voice don't i um but yeah ordering tablets at the pharmacy is probably the, the strangest you never thought you'd say that one did you holly i'm uh, lisa <laughs> um you got your question there lisa um uh, it's quite interesting that that question that holly just asked because we got to bournemouth um and pulled up into the car park there and literally i've just opened the car door and i heard this voice and it's not colin um and i just went to tell that's Michael Dawson. Where is he? And I was gone. I was just literally gone <laughs> because you because you do some voices are so recognisable. Um, and we obviously have just been away and we sat eating our lunch. I think it was third day in, and all of a sudden this guy just appeared at the side of us, and he was like, "So you two managed to get away then? I recognise you. I recognise you." And it wasn't the only Forest fan that we saw when we were away. We were recognised on more than one occasion, which and it wasn't just tales, which was quite funny because I think I'm kind of recognised because of our oh, podcast Lisa which is quite good isn't it recognised because of the pod hey yeah, no, we did it when we went to it was Bournemouth at home I think and me you and Aaron were stood next to each other for the first yeah. time we went yeah this is like the the Radio Nottingham thing it's like yeah oh, that of Colin next to us as well it's caused some sort of world you know mixing of the poll it's good but... it's, it's good and I know I mean I've, I've obviously met Colin on occasions previously and and, and he is he is you know and has been in in seasons past where we're not at games and we've not been able to go to games and over, over COVID it's that I, you've got it on I follow and, and you want the forest commentary because you know how good he is. Um, and, and whoever else you listen to, you, you don't get the same, you don't get the same feeling, do you? It's, it's great listening to a forest fan commentating on forest. Um, I can't see him on the screen of me, but I know he's dying. So, but uh, what, what, what I want blush. to know, what I blush. want to know is, can you remember your first ever commentary game on forest? Um, oh, now that is a that's a good question that you've um, just hit upon, because the first game that I did for Forest, I well remember because we beat Chelsea 7-0 <laughs> um, in 1991. So that was my first Forest game. 
but we did unbelievably in those days there wasn't commentary on it um so there are there is archive of the seven goals because uh, we did something that we call in the trade off air commentary which is basically recording everything that happens but only onto a tape because it's not being broadcast on the radio so there's tape recordings of me doing commentary on those seven goals uh but it wasn't live we played them back in later in the day um because I think they were playing a quiz or something during the first half and because Forest were at home and Notts County were away, it was in the days before we could split the frequencies like we have been doing for the last 20 odd years. Um, so, so it wasn't commentary. So you've probably stumped me, Lisa. I'm probably going to have to look back to find out exactly what the first full commentary match was. Um, it wouldn't have been in that season. It would have been in the following season sometime. I think, I think... It was Blackburn away at the start of the following season. So that would have been uh, 91, 92-ish, probably. And uh, Forrest got thumped 4-1 or something like that. It was horrible. And we stick uh, with a 7-0, that's better. <laughs> yeah, we'll stick with a 7-0 because that was far more memorable. Um, but by the time we'd, we'd gone on a year or so, then we were doing commentary. And I think, I think it was probably that Blackburn away that was the first full commentary live on the radio it's quite interesting you say that sorry Phoebs, because because we were talking before before we went live this evening about doing media degrees and and then it was the time of you it was literally cassette tapes and you recording and stopping and starting all the time yeah. um, and how far things have come since then that's how i that's how i first started i sent a cassette recording into a competition and ended up winning the competition based on the 10 minutes that i put in of uh the league cup final actually and Cluffy scoring a couple of goals in the League Cup final against. Not ordering Luton. paracetamol. Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't that. <laughs> it's funny because I, I was saying I was at Sheffield Hallam doing that, and even in '99, I was still doing things on tape and say cutting them with a razor blade. And, yeah, yeah, you razor blade and, and editing. Yeah, which is God, how I all the goals. Are. And we still in the office. We still got a load of those old big what they call the big reels. Yeah, yeah. Um, which has got like the entire season of goals on them. So yeah, we had to rock the sound to hear when Mrs. Flanagan had stopped talking about her knitting yeah. or something. Oh, but, but, yeah. But yeah, no one, will, no one, know what we're talking about here, Colin. We'll no, they won't. No. <laughs> uh, I've got um, Dan's on me on the podcast. He's in, he's in New York, and he's uh, busy at the minute with it, so he's throwing one in here as well. He's, uh, he's quite a few. One's about away gantry and food. Uh, there's a food question there for you. Or you can have one about shirts. Which uh, any situations with shirt numbers or names, which meant you've had to guess at a player. That's quite a good. <laughs> uh, uh, if I said most games, <laughs> we'll go one way. Uh, um, some of the shirt, look, uh, it, it's it's one of my soapbox things. Um, I do get on my soapbox a lot about this, and apologies if you're bored by it because you've heard it on the radio time and time again. I cannot abide clubs who have striped shirts who don't put a patch on their back. Yeah. Um, because you cannot see the numbers against stripes. And especially, I mean, Huddersfield were bad at it. Huddersfield were, were awful in the in the playoff final. You've got a massive stadium full of and it's not for it's, i don't get annoyed for, for commentators it's our job to recognize players and, and mm. call players in their right positions that's what we do but if you're a punter who's paid at wembley up to 100 quid to go and watch a game of football then the least they can do is make the players recognizable so that when you're in the stands you can actually see who's what player is who by yeah. their number on the back so don't camouflage the numbers against stripes if you wear stripes put a patch on it, I mean, or, or don't have stripes down the back or something. So 
that is a that's a soapbox way of saying quite often when there's a team wearing stripes. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, Colin, put a little soapbox next to yours, and I will go for why are you wearing your away kit when it doesn't clash with a home kit. <laughs> start me on Leeds United coming to the city ground in the away kit. I'm like, what? Um, listen, before we go back through the guys again, we've got quite a lot of uh, ones coming in here, so we'll do them a bit more quick fire for you because yeah, sure. as many in as we can. Um, I'll try and say your name because some people have got um, Twitter handles which are just absolutely crazy in terms of numbers and numbers and names. Uh, Robert Phillips, um, you've had a fair few co-commentators over the years. Which ex-Forest player would you love to have sitting next to you to do the co-commentary and why? That's a good question. Um, I think there are a number of uh, players who are, you know, ex-players at the moment. Worked with Lewis McGugan the other day at uh, at Old Trafford on the Youth Cup final. That was a, that was a real pleasure and a, and a privilege. Um, I think uh, somebody like Michael Dawson would be outstandingly good and that's why he's getting the big bucks on Sky obviously because they've snapped him up quickly um, so uh, somebody like him would be good um, and if you ask me about the future then one day it wouldn't ask be good to do commentary alongside a Joe Worrell or a Ryan Yates oh yeah I mean we're, we're big fans <laughs> in this one so we could say yeah Ryan Jojo is a good one um, this is uh, this is one you're not going to answer I'm asking it on purpose just because Steve Elner threw it in so He's got it built into his contract with the BBC now that he's jumping wages with promotion to Premier League wages. There we go. So that, <laughs> there you go. That's your response, yeah. Steve. Yeah, all right. <laughs> BBC at the start of that. With the um, Billy Davis, nay comment. Yeah. The innocent will not be harmed. <laughs> for those um, David Jones, uh, which championship ground are you most pleased that you'll be avoiding next season? <laughs> well, I don't know. You can say no comment again if you want, Colin, but I just thought more for no, I, I, I'm, I'm quite happy to um, say the Medeski Stadium, thanks. <laughs> or, whatever, or whatever they're going to call it these days. I don't know. It's got some really long name, hasn't it? Select car leasing. Yeah, all I think that's Loftus Road gone back to Loftus Road now because I was looking for the, something Kassam and the, yeah, they're all, leave them alone. Let's go back to Leeds Road and all that business. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, yeah uh, you know, regular listeners will know how I feel about Reading. <laughs> you and Reading. The mad stab. Um, don't oh, get me started we'll be here all night no, no well yeah, you've got somewhere to go so i'm gonna let you go if you keep going i'll uh, definitely <laughs> do it. um the thoughts of chair chairman Frey. uh greg orham's what is this uh, is this one you're gonna ask lisa the greg orham one shall i leave that to you okay i'll jump that one uh ben Broughton. uh at what point in the season i think you probably already answered this in a way did you think promotion was a possibility um i think probably when they <sighs> For the first time, seriously, I think probably when they came back after the international break and destroyed Blackpool. Yeah, that's big. I think that was the time where, because the, the season was, I mean, obviously they'd started to climb the table. Forgive me, I can't remember exactly where they were at that stage, but still outside the top six, I, I think I'm right in saying. Uh, so still had work to do. And on the face of it, coming back after a two-week break, Blackpool away was a little bit of a tricky one. You didn't quite know which way it was going to go. Um and for them to come out and play as they did for the first half an hour of that game was just incredible. And, and that was one of those days, like I talked about earlier, with the kind of football that was on display. When you see Scott McKenna stepping in front of his, his forward, 10 yards inside the opposition's half, bringing it down and then slotting the ball through for Surridge to just clip one home. He just thought, well, this is, you know, this is, it can't get any better than this, can it? It obviously did, but, I, I, you know, it just, so I, so I think at that moment, and then that started that, Fantastic, you know, it didn't start the run because they'd, they'd won a few games beforehand. Um, I think actually that Reading QPR combination was probably just before that international break. It was because it was just before Liverpool. Liverpool was the, the day after the QPR game. Um, but I think having played so well just before the break, 
to come back with whatever it was. They had eight games in April, I think they had to play, and to start it so fluently and so well. I think at that point you thought, Oof, if they carry on like this, they have picked up where they left off. Now, if they carry on, they've got a real chance. It felt like a real end of two ends to the season because the automatic one came to kind of spinnacle. I was like, well, right up. And then there was the second bit. I almost forgot we'd got in the playoffs at one point, which is crazy when you think where it was. But <laughs> uh, Will, Will Tooley, um, God, I can completely understand this one. During our more recent history, the last 15 years or so, what is the lowest point you can remember for Forrest? Let's get this one out of the way now. Uh, and did you ever give up hope of promotion one day and commentating on it? Or was that <laughs> the, are you more of an optimist than a pessimist? Yeah, more of an optimist. Um, I, I, what I've always said is that I think it, it needs everything to be right off the pitch before you can get it right on the pitch and we all know that that recent history has not been great in terms of getting the structure right getting the right people in the right places doing the right jobs behind the scenes um and i think now they've they've kind of they're getting towards that stage and that's why that you know they've got um they're starting to get success on the pitch as well as obviously a very talented group of players but they've been brought together by a very talented head coach and a very talented coaching staff very talented analysts who are now all in the right place doing the right job. They seem to have got the recruitment right now. So, you know, so there's been a lot of things uh, behind the scenes where you have I ever given up hope? No, you never give up hope entirely because, you know, they'd throw in the odd season like a, a playoffs under Billy Davis or a just missing out under Sabri Lamushi. Um I, I've got to be honest, I've kind of given up on ever getting to Wembley. I did, I did think that was, that was never going to happen. I thought that's going to be cursed for the entire career. Um, so that's good. That's another one that's that's ticked off. Um, lowest point, I think, probably has to be relegation into League One. Mm. Uh, if that fits in that 15-year time frame, just about, probably. Yeah. I've tried to blank um, it out, really, Colin, if I'm honest with yeah. you. I think probably, you know, that day at QPR when finally the bell tolled and, and Forrest were confirmed as, as being a third division side. And obviously there were some pretty low moments in League One. I mean, Lawsy oh, yeah. Gunthorpe coming to the city ground and smashing Forrest 4-0 was not a great day. I've got, got to be honest, um, apart from for Lawsy. Um, so there were some low moments in League One, but you always, I mean, I always thought that when, and as it turned out, when they're in League One, they were always going to be challenging somewhere close to the, the top mm. six or the top of the table, which they were in, in all three of the seasons they, they were in there for. Um, so I think probably if I'm looking for a real low point, it would be relegation to League One and second to that, which I felt was worse than any of the playoff defeats, would have been the Stoke capitulation at the end of the Sabri season. Yeah, that was an absolute... Do you know, I'm going to add to uh, that one. You mentioned it, I think, on the, the thing I heard you on on Wednesday. I just moved to Brighton and I'd gone there with a broken leg. I was going to go and do a course and I could hardly walk. And I was in a pub. So you got the football on. And they went, oh, yeah, mate, we'll put it on. Who's playing? I went, Accrington, Stanley and Forrest in the cup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I spent 90 minutes being mocked by Brighton fans, who I still to this day think don't really like football. And, uh, yeah, just with a broken leg going, this is an absolute, the worst thing I've ever in yeah. the world. So thanks, Forrest, for that period of my life. <laughs> um, Kieran, I'm going to come to you, mate, and uh, see what you've got next. Well, I was going to touch on it being darkest before the dawn and, you know, the weird times we had when Billy and Farwaz went on an attack against the media. But I think we've dwelled on the, on that part of the past uh, well enough there. So I'll um, I'll switch it up. Were you um, in the run up to like the playoff final or just in general? Are you ever practicing any lines in the mirror beforehand? Or are you just living in the moment? 
yeah, never, never, never have done it. Um, and it's it's kind of a, a golden rule for me um, in terms of commentary. I, I, I think some commentators do it um, and it works for them. Uh, I, when I'm listening to any commentator, I usually think I can tell if they have been scripting stuff. Um, and it's something that I, I've never done. And, and I'll tell you why I've never done it. It's because footballers don't script what they do. Yeah, a, a game of football is not scripted. It's not like a play. Um, anything can happen and everything has to be spontaneous and people are reacting to what's happening on the pitch every second that goes by. Um, when you guys are watching in the stands, you don't practice what you're going to do when a goal goes in. I'm pretty sure none of you really probably know what you do when a goal goes in because it's just that moment of, whoa, and you just kind of lose it, don't you? Especially if it's at Wembley. Um, so that's spontaneous. So football is just spontaneous. It's a spontaneous sport. And, and therefore, for me, when I'm uh, trying to get that across to people who are listening at home, then I believe that spontaneity is the best way to do it. It's, can I just say, it's one of the, I won't mention names. There's a certain commentator who has always got to me and I can never put my finger on what it was. It's a big TV one. Because I always felt that the comments were aiming to be a soundbite. I always felt it was a, and he's a boy, he goes with a shot. He's the boy with the golden boots. It's always, it always felt like it was there to be, you're going to listen to this for years to come. It's almost like there are people on the pitch moment. And uh, having, during the COVID, having to listen to BBC Flat Cap and other different Yorkshire versions of the commentary when I haven't had you, I'm very glad that we've got you back to listen to all the time. When, you know, would give me all these different ones. So, um, Holly, uh, have you got any uh, really random questions that, you know, like pharmacy-based or anything like that? <laughs> Well, it's funny you say that. This is quite lowbrow, but I've always wondered, Colin, as you are one of us, um, whether you have that sort of knackered piece of old training forest kit that you wear uh, around the house in your in your days off, or, or a specific kind of replica kit that you wear uh, behind closed doors. Asking what Colin wears when he's relaxing. <laughs> yes. It's a fashion question, Colin. I'm really okay. Yeah, fashion. We, we, <laughs> we've done the pharmaceuticals. Now we're on to the pharmaceuticals. That's fine. Um, the... Uh, shirt that I've got that not many have is oh, you're gonna just, Diego you're Maradona, gonna... Argentina, 1980. Oh, yeah, if only <laughs> you went for it, <laughs> yeah, right. Hodges was a fake, yeah, yeah. I've got the real one, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, the it's it probably goes back, I think it was to the uh, late 80s, early 90s, and they had the green, the Sherwood Forest green. Oh. They called it a third kit, but never wore it. Yeah, very popular. Um, I've got that uh, tucked away in the drawer somewhere, and uh, I enjoy getting that one out because that was a real rarity, isn't it? Because it, it mm. never worked. I still, to this day, don't really know why they had it because it was in the days before anybody had a third kit, and then suddenly they called it this third kit um, because I think the away kit was white and black, wasn't it? Then I think in those days, mm. um, and suddenly this green kit appeared but it was fabulous it's a really great color um so i thought i'll have one of those and uh, still got it now so that would be the answer to that the question the rumors at the time and i was at school so this will be a load of rubbish was that it was something to do with europe it was a european kit because i think it was around the time we were looking at league cups and zenith day and obviously zds didn't give you that but that's the rumors going around the skegness uh, county junior school was that it was to do uh, got okay. to europe, and obviously i don't know if that's the case. i never had to use it no well actually <laughs> really we played in green for skegness grammar school oh, wait so we're going down a different skegness route but um, lisa um i don't know which one of your questions you're gonna go with but over to you 
<laughs> well, I, it's quite interesting because obviously I'm going to I'm going to skirt over the questions at the minute. Um, and we we talked at the beginning about you know monumentous occasions and and commentary that actually sticks in your mind. Um, and I think the Wembley uh, last couple of minutes, last fifty four seconds, and and then what followed that. I mean, obviously we were all in the ground, so we didn't hear it live at the time. And even hearing it back just now. Um, it does give you goosebumps, 100%. There's no, there's no getting away from it. Um, so the question that I've actually got for you was when we played Derby and the, the, the literal Forest have hit five against Derby and you, you've got to say it, <laughs> did you ever have that as your phone, phone ringtone? Because I did. And the following season, I was stood a tower away game against Derby as my phone rang. I was in Subway, my phone rang, and I'm there going, shit, shit, I need to mute it, I need to mute it. And it's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I never had it myself, but that was one of the things that I did hear quite a lot going on in supermarkets and stuff around the time. A lot of people had obviously downloaded that because uh, that was a that was a special moment. That has to be one of the highlights. That's got to be one of the standout moments of uh, of all the years, um, because it's not every day that you hit five against Derby, is it? Um, it's seven now. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it won't it won't be any day for the very near future. Will uh, it? Cup run, isn't it? Maybe. Well, anyway, I can't, honestly, we could fill another podcast about. Do you know what? I only had this dawning today driving home from work. I thought, God, we got to get to twelve points. It just really hit me. I was like, this is the reality. We've mocked them for so long. We just need four wins. Yeah. <laughs> really four games in. Yeah, that's it. Four, four out of four. Kieran, uh, do you want to go? Have you got your other one though, still? Or are you not? Do you want me to move to Hollies? I don't know if you'd used up all your uh, ones you have. Oh, I can reload, mate. You know, I can Oh, what a professional yeah. former actor. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, given that you have seen every game and it's well established you're the consummate professional with it, but you do have to separate that that side of the job, I guess, from the enjoyment. On the other side, there must be some frustration at times. Maybe we're scratching your head at a manager's decision. <laughs> Do you ever find yourself second-guessing uh, what, what's going on, on on the pitch and struggling to not communicate that? Um, no, because I, I, I wouldn't not communicate that um, because it's it's kind of that's part of the game so that's my job is to communicate what's happening in the game um but what i have always tried to avoid doing is to be overtly critical of a manager in any situation and especially during the course of a game um so in that instance for instance i would probably just bring my summarizer in who is an ex-pro and has been there and ask them why that may have just been done because <laughs> <Very, very different. laughs> I, I can just dump it on them you see because they're the ex-pros um because i in a, in a serious on a serious note i've always thought that it's not my place to criticize a manager overtly and it gets me in trouble sometimes a lot of people don't like it they don't like it because you know you know chris Hutton is the most recent example people want me to go and shout at chris Hutton in a post-match interview it's not my job to do that. Um, it is my job to ask him questions. Um, and uh, it, for that to happen, I can't do that. In a, I, I won't be critical in a commentary because obviously the manager's not there to, to give their side. But also there's more to it than that because the thing about it is no manager, however good or bad they are, no manager is making decisions to try and make Forrest worse or yeah. to try and make Forrest lose matches. They're just not. 
So their decisions might not come off and their decisions might look strange, but they know far more about the player that they're taking off, for instance, than I do. They know far more about what sort of a week he's had, whether or not he's been a bit under the weather, whether or not he's got one or two problems in his home life or whatever that are you know, playing on his mind, so he's not doing this, that or the other. They know their players inside out. And they use all of that knowledge to make decisions to try and change a game for the better. So if it doesn't work for some reason, it's not because they're trying to make it bad. It's, you know, it, it's just because the opposition manager maybe has done something counteractive, something like that. They may get things wrong at times, but they're not deliberately trying to do something that makes the game worse for Forrest. And so that's why I've always been uh, reluctant, really, to be overcritical of both managers and players. I've never been there. I've never done it. I've never been a manager. I've never been a player. I wouldn't expect that manager to criticise how I commentate. I can think I, of you that might, Colin, through the years. Can you imagine? <laughs> not because of you, but because of them. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I, I can question decisions and I can point out to people that people in the crowd are looking a bit, you know, that, that's being booed, for instance. That's a, the, the, they're now chatting, you don't know what you're doing. All of that is my job to do. All of that is my job to relay what's happening in the ground, you know, on, on those occasions where, where things might be going wrong. But it isn't my position to criticise because I don't know. I, there's far too much I don't know about that situation for me to be able to jump in and criticise. And I think, um, if I may go off on one slightly, I think the, uh, the kind of social media era has made it an, uh, an awful lot easier for people to criticise somebody in whatever role it may be, in whatever walk of life it may be, when they haven't got a clue about what's going on and why that decision has been made. So, again, one of my rules really is not to be overly critical. I can be completely critical of a performance. I can certainly, and do, obviously, I can look at Forrest and say, that really wasn't very good. They're not doing that well. They're not doing that well. Talk to my summarizer about what's not being done very well. What's, you know, what's, because I've been in, I can, I've seen enough football matches to know what's good and what isn't. Mm. Um, so I can certainly do that. But to be personally critical of a decision that somebody is making with the best interests of the football club at, at heart is that's not really my position to do. I'm glad you've said it because I, I think the two that spring to mind are Matt Mills and Gaetan Bong, where the dog's abuse, you know, whether it be from behind the keyboard or whatever it was, I've said so many times, they are not going out there to try and be awful. None of these players, they've got enough pride, They've got whether it's ego, whatever it may be, none of them, whether they're out of their depth in the league they're in, the manager's playing them, you know, Greg Holford playing in 17 different positions, whatever it might be, even though I think he did quite well in a lot of them. I, you know, I think you're, you're crazy to think that, and like you say, you don't know what's going on behind. And we saw, like, with Chris Commons and stuff, some of the stuff that's going on in people's lives yeah. outside of it, it's... Just be nice. There we go. That's the official line from us. And we always try and pedal that one anyway. Ryan Yates, we've always had you back, just so you know, if you ever listen to this. Um, Holly, you've got one more you're saying, then we'll go to Lisa's and we're nearly done. Yeah, I just wanted to know, Colin, how did you personally celebrate the Wembley win? <laughs> yeah, more. <laughs> Quietly, to be honest. Um, On um, the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't quite so quiet. Um, no, it was... Um, I mean, it was obviously really late by the time and we didn't come off air. I think we were still broadcasting at like half past eight. Um, mm. And then by the time you've packed up and walked back to the car park and got out of London and the M1 was a car park, I think it was about midnight by the time we got back. And I'm sure it was the same for many people who were, mm. were making the same trip. Um, so it was midnight-ish by the time we got back. 
Um, I was uh, very fortunate to be invited to the players' party. Um, right, here we go. Stories then, Colin. Here we go. No, I didn't say. <laughs> I, I, I went, I had one beer, I, I said congratulations, and then I left because, you know, again, it's very nice to be asked, but this is about them um so um and i had to i mean mainly the reason i went to that was because i was told that i needed to be there because i needed instructions for the monday lunchtime stuff <laughs> i had to get briefed on the monday lunchtime stuff so there i was getting briefed at like half past midnight one o'clock in the morning whatever it was on what was going to happen at one o'clock at lunchtime the next day um for, for the market square so the answer to the question is not really a great deal um, because there wasn't really time a great deal. Um, and I knew I had to be sort of on my game for, for the Monday lunchtime stuff. Um, and then Monday night, I was doing cricket for Radio Nottingham and Tuesday night, I was doing cricket for Radio Nottingham. So it's kind of like, there was, it, was, uh, it was almost like a constant broadcast. So there was not an awful lot of time. Consummate professional there, Collins. Most people would have started with the sensationalist. Well, I went to the Forest Player Party first. Um, <laughs> I like that. Left it dangling in the right way. It was a bit of a Miss, you know, Miss Marple twist at the end. I love it. Alisa, uh, you've got, uh, I think you've got one. Is it from the fan, this one, or is this? Uh, your... I'm, I'm just going to throw one in and then I'm going to do the fan one. Go so, the one, the, my question um, obviously, fixtures are released on Thursday. Um, who would your, be your ultimate first game? Uh... Liverpool away, catch them cold, and go and take three points at Anfield for the first time since the 60s. Oh, shit. Don't <laughs> not ask it for much, then. <laughs> not asking for much. 7-0, I mean, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll go with an Aaron 4-0, shall we? Get Spence with the winner. There we go. <laughs> I, I actually, what I think might happen is that it might end up being Liverpool at the city ground. I've because I think Sky will very much like a repeat of their first game which was Forest Liverpool, Teddy Sheringham scoring in the 1-0. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a 1-0 was... off, off Keenan Davis. That, yeah, that was their first live game, wasn't it? And that was yeah. uh, 30 years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. I, that's, that seems quite attractive to me, to, to them. Um, it wouldn't be I a surprise, would if it? They have, if they have that much influence over a fixture computer, mm. it wouldn't surprise, because you often see a, a promoted side getting either a Manchester City or a Liverpool on the first weekend. And I think also, given the atmospheres we saw over... Uh, the FA Cup runs this year. I think the TV companies have gone. Oh, Forest is pretty good at the moment. Oh yeah. Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens, won't we, on Thursday? So the question that is from uh, one of our followers on Twitter, Greg Oram. Um, now that you're a Premier League commentator, are we going to have to fend off the likes of Liverpool and Manchester United for your supreme word smithery? <laughs> we're going to Tottenham with Jed Spence, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not that I've heard. Uh, no, um, uh, no, no. I shall. Uh, I shall be there. Word smithery is a great word, isn't it? Yeah, I love I like it. That word a lot. Um, <laughs> Greg uh, so thank you for that. Um, uh, no, I shall. Um, I shall be in the city ground commentary box, and I'm um, looking forward to it immensely. Oh, I, do you know what? It's been so nice this week having people, having go back to work with stuff, and people saying, "Oh, for, are you Forest," or you know, when you accidentally on purpose drop it in. What have you been doing? Oh, I was at Wembley. Oh, what were you at Wembley for? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, for the play. Oh, was it your team? Yeah, for oh, so happy Forrester back. So happy for Udi Sport, Liverpool. Yeah, you know, and the Udi Sport Arsenal. Oh, yeah, so glad Forrester back. Um, and it's just been really, really lovely to hear it all and, and to see see that. And and a lot of the things people are saying, obviously, at the minute it's hard to judge because of the, the lack of transfers and no one knows where anyone's sort of sitting and what they're doing. But the overall overriding thing is, is the stadium. People are saying, like, that on TV, the cup run is making people go. 
you can see certain big sides as they're, as they're called going there and going, don't fancy this. It is a different place to go versus your Bournemouths and Fulham. Yeah. Crowd's been magnificent. Crowd has been absolutely fantastic. And you've heard Steve Cooper say it during the course of the season. You've heard players say it. The crowd has got Forrest over the line in some games. And, it, you know, it's really helped. Second leg against Sheffield United. Wow, how good was that second half? I mean, just a brilliant, brilliant atmosphere. Um, so, yeah, the high-profile cup ties, but also in just in some ordinary league games as well. I, I just think the atmosphere this year, when you hear John McGovern say it's louder than it ever was in the European days, you kind of, you've got to listen to that. And, and you know, that's that's huge credit to, to the Forest fans who've been travelling home and away. Um, you know, they got their reward uh, with uh, with the Wembley trip and, and everything that happened then. And, and you're right, I'm hearing a lot of, of people say it's good to have Forest back in the Premier League after all this time. Um, but to go back to kind of where I started really about smiles on faces, what I found great is that two people who can be complete strangers in the middle of Nottingham, who might both have forest shirts on, will walk past each other and just have a little nod and a smile. And they don't even have to say anything because no. you just know. And it's that kind of feeling of, again, that feeling of joy, that feeling of family, of everybody being brought together who's of a forest persuasion. It's just, that's been, that's been so good over the last year. I've been, part I've been of doing that in Manchester. <laughs> uh, there was a lad there was a lad the other week and I think he'd just done like uh, a, a 10k or something around the city and he was a good 50 yards away from him you just bellow out are you red so I got it back from him and his dad uh, it's, oh it's great I had a classic uh, just two days ago as it says in Brent Cross and his dad went you were walking past a minute ago he said did you mention Wembley he said I think I know where I know you do the old yeah he said oh yeah I said oh what are you on Twitter and I went he didn't follow me and I followed him. I thought, oh my God, we have this whole ridiculous stuff. That's not reality. We just did a U Reds and who's going to do what and who's going to do what. So listen, uh, before we go, my final one, really, I was I was toying which way to go. So there's two questions I was going to ask you, but um, the stars is one, right? See, we, we all remember League One and I, I've said for ages, I think the two stars on Forest shirt weighed very heavy in League One. We became European Cup winning Nottingham Forest versus Yeovil or it was always being said by other media. In the championship, it was almost the level where you didn't really hear it. I, I've always had this theory that if Forest could make the Premier League again, those stars are actually worth a bit there, you know, whether it be your European players or things like that. Do you, do you see that the history, which I think, Steve Cooper's got a wonderful level of it. And I think Mr. Maranakis was saying the same, Mr. Maranakis. Why am I talking about he's a teacher? Sorry, Mr. Macken. <laughs> yes, But it's like, I, I do agree with that. You know, he said about the pathos thing, or was it the, the Greek thing about saying, you know, we will look at the history and what it is, but we need to build on it. Do you think that the heritage of what forests are in a way will, will come into play with this, with getting players? Or is it more the actually immediacy of Steve Cooper and what he's done in the last year? Maybe a combination of the two, because uh, I, I still think to overseas players, you know, if, if Forrest are looking in the, in, into the international market, I still think it's a pull. I think it's a real pull that, that, they, uh, that they have that history. Um, but also they, they do need the, the current side of things as well, and, and they need the Steve Cooper side of things. Um, I tend to agree with you. I, I think the history has weighed them down a little bit. And I think one of the many, the myriad things that Steve Cooper's done brilliantly this season is to harness that is to harness the history and, and get the players not being scared, not being scared of the city ground, not being scared of, of playing for Forest, not being scared of those two stars, if you like, uh, on, on the, on the badge. Um, and, uh, and for, you know, for a long time, you kind of felt through all those, through all those dark years. And there was so many of them, you kind of thought, well, they're new players all the time. 
They're new managers all the time. They've even got new owners now. And, you know, you kind of on the third set of owners and still it keeps happening. So what is it? And is it that kind of aura? Is it that history? Is it that nobody can really harness uh, the, the kind of the, the stuff we've seen this year, that kind of run through walls for the club, run through walls for each other, that kind of togetherness. Nobody's really been able to, to harness it. And, it. and it has almost been a little bit of a fear. Um, but along has come somebody who's shown that, you, you know, you, you can not fear it, you can thrive on it and you can use it. And he really has used it. Um, uh, and I think that's, that's all part of the story as well. I think he, uh, we said it on one of our pods earlier on, um, which I'm sure you listened to, Colin, but there's a, there was a moment when he looked up at the Brian Clough stand, I think one of the early games, and um, when he spoke to you afterwards, and, and it really added up. I mean, he, he's a nightmare as well as he's great for you. You know what's coming with the line a lot of the time, don't you? But that's the pro thing of it. But he's, I remember joking here. I remember certain managers going, oh, we've got to do it for the European days, or, you know, I don't care about the European days. He seems to have a really lovely level of the appreciation of what he's got as a role. You know, in some, no disrespect to Swansea, it's a much bigger gig in lots of ways. And he, you saw a little smirk on him when it was Sheffield United and the city ground, you know, Mullican Sire kicked in and he kind of yeah. went to himself. He saw his moment on the bench where he kind of let himself go a bit and went, hold on, I'm Steve Cooper. It's so I love the way I do this, you know? I think it's a lovely, I don't know if you feel that, but there's a lovely... He's a very human man, you know, and the, the comments, yeah. lovely comments to you that really choked me to death with what he said to you after the... Yeah, and did me as well. I'm not quite sure oh, how I kept going. Um, no, we're not, we're not, we don't want to cry. Um, it's just like with, with him, do you, is, do you think it's a humility and the way he is, is, is as much as anything as well as he's... Yeah, and I think, I think he's had it right from, right from day one almost, from, from day one when he walked into the club and he saw all the history about it. Um, and then from the moment he heard Molov Kintyre on his first game against Millwall, which was, you know, as he keeps referring to those games, those early games, you know, getting 25,000 as it was then in that day for a team that's bottom of the league and making that noise at the start of the game. And, and, and I watched him that day stand at the side, at the edge of his technical area and just look around. He looked all around him, all four sides of the ground as that noise was raining down on him. And you just, you could see him soaking it all in. And I think almost from that moment, I think he knew anyway, but from that moment on, he thought, this is this is special. This is a special place. And if I can harness this, then maybe I can, you know, he knew what sort of squad he had, obviously. He'd done his research. He obviously thought he had a chance. And, it, and then I thought when he heard Mull of Kintyre, I think he thought, if I can just harness this and bring everybody together, bring that dressing room together with all of these 25,000 and those that aren't here as well, can get them back together, I might just have a chance. But I, I agree entirely. I think he's um, absolutely bought into the history and the tradi tradition and the size of the club. Um, and, uh, and I think he, he obviously talks a lot about it being a privilege to, to be in the position that he's in with this football club. Um, and now obviously he's got a chance to, to make an impression with that football club at, at the top level because Forest are Premier League. I genuinely cannot even begin to think about potentially losing him. Um, I just want to uh, say as a final thing, Colin, I'm, I say growing up in Skag and being in exile for sort of 16 years, you have been the voice of my ears for so long. And I say as a failed media studies guy who wanted to be a journalist, so, you know, you're living my dream. So keep <laughs> honestly, thank you so much. I know I say I know you don't want to talk about too much with you on that side of things, but 
for so many people, we've got messages saying, just thank Colin, thank Colin. You know, even the darkest times, you have been the voice of reason to so many people. And the people of Nottingham, the exiles like me, the skeggy people, wherever they may be in the world, Dan from New York, we thank you so much for everything you do for this club because it means the world to us. And so that, you know, you do to us too. So sorry about that. But that's how we <laughs> so, no, Thank you very much. You've got me blushing again now. Well, there we go. No, we thank you. For, thank you for all the kind comments. I've had lots, obviously, over the last few weeks and, and through Wembley and all the rest of it. It's been lovely uh, to get those comments. And, uh, and I'm just pleased that, you know, as anybody would be if, if, if it was their job that, you know, when you when they hear that, um, you know, it, it, it is affecting people, it's helping people, whatever it may be, then, then it's obviously a, a, a real privilege to hear that. And, and thank you very much for all the comments. Or toughen your skin because it could be an absolute dogfight next year in relegation. So let's see how you go. It could go anyway. We don't know. But, you know, it's just a realist. Um, yeah, we'll say thank you for you now, Colin. And thank you. And hopefully we'll speak to you again uh, next season. That'd be great. Thanks ever so much for having me, guys. You thank there we go. There was Colin. Thank you for joining us. Hey, we got to speak to Colin Frey. How cool was that? Everyone all right? That was good. I, I was doing a bit of a fan bit there. How are you all feeling? It was good. It's West all good. All good. <laughs> all good. Thank you. Uh, right. Just a final little bit of business, really, because obviously this one we're going to dedicate to, you know, the Colin giving him his time, which is absolutely amazing. Um, where are Forest, you know, teeth back in. What are we? We are the 14th of June. Uh, Kieran, uh, where are Forest going to finish next season? 11th. Oh, okay. I've got, I wasn't this that one. We obviously were going pre any uh, signings, departures, anything like that. Lisa, where are Forrest going to finish next season? Just looking what my bet is, just so we know, because it's already on. You know that me and Natalie um, have gone for top four or winning it? <laughs> I've gone for top half. Oh, what's up? What's the odds on that at the minute with uh, 11 to top, one? Um, ooh, okay. I think top I got half, top half finisher. That's top 10. I got about 200 to one from to win it. Or to win it. Oh, no, top four, I think. Uh, Holly, what, what do you think at the minute? Oh, I'm saying 15th. I mean, we'd all take 17th right now, right? But 15th. Oh, 100%. Bite your hand off. We're saying this before. I don't know if we said it in our group, but I would have said pre-Huddersfield that it's an easier championship this year because I think what's gone down is potentially weaker than what's come up, maybe in the way the setup, etc. Yeah. So therefore, the Premier League's harder. Trying to find three teams there, as it stands, is a difficult bit. Um, another quick fire one. Kieran, uh, Bree Samba, should he stay or should he go? Go. Yeah. I, I, it pains me to an extent. He's earned a legendary status with us for what he did. Um, but I don't I don't want players at the club that don't want to be there. I don't want players at the club that are gonna openly barter their position. Their agents, or their agents, maybe. It's his Twitter, mate. Oh, okay. It's his it's... look at Lisa's face. Lisa, you're gonna to have to be really diplomatic. I, do you know what? If you put your name on it and you let someone else run it, I'm still coming to you for the responsibility. Gen gen genuinely, genuinely, he could do a real job for us in the Premier League, but after the debacle that went on with Pierre, he's shown his hand far too early on this. Um, and I think there are other ways to, to have gone about it. Let's not sleep on uh, Evan. I'm not saying he can't be a number one next season. I'd like to see him work on his, his uh, feet a little bit, but you never know. Um, yeah, if if you don't want to go and you don't want to be part of this, then just go now. And I, I trust the recruitment to get this spot on. I, I, I'm i not worried if we don't get Jed. I, I'm not. I, no. I think we're in safer hands than we've ever been, certainly in living memory for me. Um, and I'm, I'm not concerned. The guys will get it right. And whoever takes to that training pitch week on week is going to have Steve Cooper whipping them into shape and getting them set to deal with whatever the opposition is 
but not only to deal with what the opposition is, to make them worry about what we are. And that's the main thing. We've got the right people in the right positions and the playing staff, it's going to change over time. You never know. Some of these players might have done us a bit of a favour. Um, you know, like Jed, it, yeah, it, it sucks if he doesn't turn out for us next season. But actually, he's going to go guilt-free. And the club's not going to ride any blame for that either. So they've got a great opportunity to get in what we really need. Sentiment, we're going to have to let go of it. And yeah, we're just going to... Gonna... the cupboard, um, Lisa, sorry. Because Neko Williams for five million less would do me. I just can't be saying these things. Totally you know, agree. I mean, I, I over the... the first Curtis versus Fox here for what you can say. <laughs> no, I... no, not at all. The I, I, I actually came in a lot of what he said there. I agree with um, that we shouldn't be held over a barrel, and that there are players that um, probably. I mean, I, I a fair play to to him for coming out and saying that he feels undervalued, which you know is Premiership now. At the end of the day, he's not a Championship player anymore. He's on a Championship contract. Um, so fair play to him for coming out and saying that. If Forrest don't feel that he is um, worth it, worthy of that contract, so be it. Like you say, we trust the recruitment, we trust their judgment. But I think there is, there is possibly a little bit of an agent's play going on here that he might, you know, he's on holiday and he tweeted as much that he was on holiday. So um, where that's kind of come from last week was a little bit surprising. Um, but I, I just... Though, Lisa, if you're on holiday... And someone's tweeted something that you really didn't want out there. It'd be deleted, wouldn't it? Has it been deleted, or is it still out there? I don't know. To be, fair. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's done. It's it's done a job that it's it's got our fans going. Well, just go then, just go then. So so rather than us all being euphoric and excited about the fact that you know there are going to be signings, at the end of the day, we knew we'd got five, maybe six of our first team squad were loan players, and the chances of us signing all of them were slim, are slim. Um, but. For me, the player that I was most excited about last season, and I'm still most excited about the chance, possibility of him coming back, is Jimmy Garner. Yeah. Because I think we knew when he signed initially how good he could be. Um, I think Manu know how good he could be. And it is down to whether their manager thinks he will play a part in their season next season, or whether, as I think that he would be better off placed in a lower lower level premiership club and where better placed if that is what you're looking at as a, as the man you regime than sending him back where he's been for the last two years back where he's progressed already and they are in the premiership so i think we have got such a good chance of signing him it might all go tits up he might he might play for man U, and if that's the case then forest have done their job forest have got him as far as forest could get him in that period um but you've got to trust recruitment at the end of the day we need to strengthen there's no doubt about it our squad at the moment and that is taking all of our loan players out of the out of the equation we are not strong enough um some of our players that are on the fringe or were on the fringe of the first team last season aren't strong enough i fully expect some of them to leave i fully expect some of them to go out on loan i know we've spoken about Martin on a few occasions even more so now you know, he's got to prove himself as a championship player, let alone play anywhere else. Um, and one of the actual players that I am most excited about watching next season, and this will be a bit of a um, contentious one because we've spoken about it previously, is Brennan Johnson. Oh, I was, do you know what? I was going to ask that to all of you. I'll, I'll give my two pen then I'll come across the three of you because I think it'd be interesting to know what you say. So for me, I don't think they will break the code of what they've got. You know, I was about bail and all these signings. It would shock me to the core, having spoke to Dana a little bit, seeing what they've done. 
Look at me, pretending I know Dane. Don't. Uh, seeing what Steve Cooper's done, seeing the background stuff, it would amaze me if they chucked uh, all the money in the world at someone like Bale, all that kind of crazy shit we're hearing, because I think there's a squad harmony. I think that's where the Samba thing comes in as well, Kieran. I think it was Dan saying, and I think if they're going to pay Premier League wages for a keeper anyway, you either give it him, and if he doesn't want it, that's what you do. But I'm still remembering punching people, a few of the things. I, would I go with like Nick Pope? Well, that, you know, these are decisions. But I think Forrest aren't going to break what they've done. It would be... I still feel like we've gone up by mistake, even though we're amazing, because it's Forest and they've been shit for ages. I still feel like, hold on, we've got promote. Hold on, we weren't ready for that. And Norwich keep going. Oh, we went up too early and we come back down. And I still think Forest, what those haven't got is that crowd has got that heritage, has got those things which will be worth points this season. I don't care what anyone says. I think it will be. But I think ultimately going out, getting big names. I, I I'm going to ask you all guys the same question: all the loan signings and then the homegrowns. Who stays? Who goes? I can't see anyone. Yates, Warren, and Brennan going. Your face is probably at least is going to say yes or no on that one, but but I'll come to Holly first with it. And out of the loans, I'd imagine Davis and Garner. Um, Holly, not Zink. I don't think they'll go for Zink. I think they might leave him. But anyway, Holly. Um, I don't think there's any reason for Joe Worrell to go now. Thankfully, Burnley have gone down. Uh, there was a little flutter I saw last week about West Ham again, but I can't see him going. Um, oh, can I just add, Holly? Did you know Steve Cook's thirty-one? Is he really? So this is what that lad said to me outside the <laughs> shop. And I looked it up and he's 31. And I went, the fuck is he 31? Because I was going to see, just check it. Blimey. I have to check it. I'll double check. Go on, Holly. So I'm going to double check it while you say. We're getting old, aren't we, Ryan? Well, we're all getting old. Um, yeah. So Brennan Johnson, again, I don't see any reason for him to go. Uh, he loves Forest. He wants to play for Forest. Um, obviously, he's very much in the shop window at the moment with his performance for Wales and, and not for the World Cup and all that kind of thing. Uh, so that'll be an inter- interesting one going forward. Um, yeah, loan signings, Ghana, Keenan Davis. Really, really hope that we can we can actually sign him on a permanent. Not too bothered about Zinkanagel, to be honest. I think we can do better. Um, and Jed Spence, well, as I said in a tweet the other day, I'm delighted you know, the way that we nurtured him and, and got him to the place that he got to and, and really showed his potential. But at the end of the day, we can't really compete with the uh, Champions League and uh, the fact that, you know, he is a London boy and he might want to stay in London. So um, we move on um, and I'm sure that we can replace him with the like. So I'm not too worried about that, to be honest. Um, Samba, Kieran said it perfectly and Lisa as well, really. Sorry. Yeah, so Samba, Dijonet. Samba. Yeah, you want people that want to play for your club at the end of the day, and we've not had that in recent times very much. So uh, to keep with the spirit and the harmony of what took us up, yeah, we want players that want to play for us. So I'll be upset to see him go, but um, again, move forward. Yeah, it's the club's the club's always been big and always. And generally, he is thirty one. He's born nineteenth of April, nineteen ninety one, which is crazy. But um, wow. I've always thought of him as an older player. But has someone messed with his Wikipedia then? Because nineteen ninety one, look at Lisa's face. I thought he was like, an older player. Uh, but that's are you the talking point. about Steve Cook now, or are you talking about Samba? Because I'm Steve Cook. Steve Cook is 31. Well, we love him. We love him. He's my favourite player. Sorry, oh, no, Ryan. I, no, no, I, I genuinely believe that Steve Cook is the reason Forrest went up in it. I think that signing. I love him. I love him. so much, even though McKenna was my player of the year, and thank God my boy got it. But um, do you know what? I, this is the problem, is sentimentality is something you can't have in that league, because that gap is much bigger than mm. that time we went up, right? And if we go, but we like Cookie, and we you say Worrell's a bit crap at the start of summer. You can't do it. Ryan, Ryan, they're all going to have to, you, you, we've took so long to bloody get there. Lisa or Kieran, I don't know who wants to jump in on this, but they've got to be quite ruthless. And I do not think for a second they've not been planning. Dane said in the American interview I was into, they've been making an A, B and C plan for since it even remotely looked like it could be on. So we're talking last year. 
Yeah, I mean that that plan. And we when we spoke to Dane on the pod at Christmas, you know that they their their recruitment and he's they will be well have been forward planning. They will have had a if we're this league, we're for that league, whatever. And and it's probably changed so many times. Um, and there will be a budget. And I think you know I was there. I was fortunate enough to be in the market square listening to. Marinakis listening to Colin Frey talking to that to our players and and having watched the Joe Worrell interview back um and you know he said they don't want to be a yo-yo club um and I I firmly believe that now we are in that promised land it might not be pretty to start off with but I, I think of the of the teams that you see actually flourish and and develop in those in the league they are the teams that play football so and we're one of them you know, we play the forest way we always have done. And so we'll be all right. Um, and they will recruit wisely. And I think they won't be held over a barrel. You know, they, they, if, if there is a, like, if we take Spence as the example, that our budget on Spence is 15 million so we can chuck more wages at him and he turns it down for Champions League. Who's going to say, well, why, what, what are you doing that for? No um, nobody. Uh, the only thing that would be disappointing is that if he, goes to somewhere like Spurs and is then on the bench every week because mm. he is a player that needs nurturing, he needs love. And I actually think him and Conte are a really good fit. Mm. Um, and so so be it. You know, I, it's not the end of the world. It's, it's not ours, Lisa. He's it's not, not ours. He's, he was out. never ours. Um, Keenan Davis, I would love to sign him, but the price has got to be right. Zinc, there was a reason he wasn't playing for Watford in the Premiership. Um, as much as in our Championship, he changed games. Mm. Um so, you know, there are players and, and, and across the board, you know, we had a, a squad that was capable of promotion. Now we need a squad that is capable of staying up. And that is the difference. And could our squad as it was have been that squad? Looking at the teams that, like you said, those teams that came down, possibly, possibly not. Um, now we actually get the chance to go out there and prove what we are capable of. And we haven't had that for a long time. So I'm really excited. I can't wait. Well, no, FFP is, it's almost like someone's won the lottery. And because they won the lottery, they just leave their husband because they go, well, I can get better than that now. The core of who you are will stay the same with Forrest. And it's just going to be, they're just going to move in different circles. And for us as fans, it is a bit of a, I can't think of a better term than head fuck in a way that you're going to go, hold on. So even things like match of the day, the badges, deleting your EFL apps maybe. And if you, you know, you make it. It's not even that. It's just knowing that you've got players like De Bruyne and Haaland coming to the city ground next season and us watching our Scott McKenna against the likes of those players. And seeing what they what they can do, and the players will love that. Um, and I I just think that we I just think we will be all right. I might be deluded. No. Um, and I know what you said about the fact that you, it's that twelve points is the, the minimum mark that we want. But we will play the Forest way. We will always play the Forest way. And if that playing the Forest way gets us relegated again, so be it. But the ride is going to be amazing. I think if you've looked at City and teams like that who've gone to. Again, no disrespect, they're always used, and I've always said no one has a divine right, gone to Burnley and lost and stuff like that, that atmosphere. If those players are coming where you've got that red hot city ground cookie, and it's going to be rammed, and there's going to be ticket conversations every bloody week, because <laughs> uh, I, I expect to mainly just be living on away games next season. I'm, nom, nom, that's what I'm going to be eating, southern away games. Tottenham, house, nom, if I can. Um, and doing my southern accent, me and you will be like, oh, I've got you in the Arsenal, is she? I guess Forest, because we'll be having to do that. Uh, city ground's going to be like some place I can't even get in anymore, unless I can tunnel out, you know, under the trend. Um, listen, we're going to wrap it up in a second. We will probably, probably, probably be back. Uh, 
just before, I don't think we're going to do anything with fixtures. You'll see them. You'll all have a, your argument. We've got to play everyone anyway. So that's it. That's our, that's our thing. We're going to put the podcast to bed for the summer. We're going to give it a nice shiny wash, put some Premier League badges on the side. Uh, new intro. Maybe I'll write a new song for it because some people, actually, some people said it was morbid, the song that was on it. And you know what? It's got us up. So maybe we keep it. I don't know. Maybe Lisa can sing one. Lisa? Maybe Holly could sing one in the style of Kanicki. Or uh, Kieran could do some Thesp stuff at the start and go, this is the Nottingham. And we'll work it out. Uh, yeah, we're going to think of new things. We'll get back to you guys, see uh, you know what sort of things you like, didn't like. And uh, yeah, we will be back next season with Nottingham Forest in the Premier League, which is fucking mental to say. I'm still not going to get used to that for a while. Kieran, thank you very much. What are you going to do for the summer? Uh, try and stop listening to uh, Just Can't Get Enough and Freed From Desire uh on on repeat uh because i'm doing my wife's head in it's become sweet caroline hasn't it let's be fair it's pissing me off a little bit <laughs> oh, <now. laughs> yeah now to, to be honest mate it's gonna be a relatively quiet summer let's not focus on cost of living crises and whatnot but i will be probably sunbathing in the garden this year and just waiting for that big kickoff making his own political podcast uh kieran curtis lisa any plans another holiday in the office oh but happy birthday jess by the way you know she probably you. yeah she had, a, she had a good one um what are you doing plans? I, don't, I don't know um I, I i i think a another break with my other half during the next 11 months maybe one. um maybe off the cards i think there will i don't think there'll be a game that he'll go i'm missing that um so any any more foreign holidays for me might just be monday to friday i mean who knows who knows when we'll be playing so Lisa, uh, you're, you're getting a winter break this year you yeah go. but it's not during school holidays which is really annoying uh, so, uh, so i can't FIFA. please everybody so uh so we'll see we'll see what happens fifa fuck off sorry uh, but are you gonna have any new inflatables for next year oh that's the weirdest question well who knows who oh, knows I am, i'm retired i'm retiring talian because he is stevie cooper alien um so you know he is what he is but um there may well be new ones for next season who knows yeah, 90 Minutes in Match Today magazine used to do them little ones of like football managers stuff. I'm going to see if I can get one of Lisa printed on because when I said in the I did actually look for the for the playoff final. I did actually look for a Stevie Cooper mask that I could have put on him. Um, but then they but then they they they, they bettered that anyway with the, the cardboard cutout of him, which I'd also seen at one of the, I think it was, was it at Fulham? We saw him at Fulham. Um, yeah. it, was de- it was definitely one of the away games um, earlier on. So um Talian is retiring, but, but I'm sure a member of his family will be will be out, and and a few others. I mean, the Lilo Army is is out in force, um, and I, I I actually saw whilst I was on holiday that they were being pimped out. There were there were Lilos for rent. Wow, I mean, you, one thing you are going to have to think of though, Lisa, is the jumper thing because there's summer times when you're like, I don't want to put that fucking jumper on. It's hot, so maybe next year you have to just think of something. The jumper's got to start the season, I guess. Uh, I think well, um, Art of Football actually have brought out a Cooper one, a class of Cooper, which I have got the class of Cooper behind me, oh. um, and I, I really like that that new jumpers. But I, I also know that my old one is looking. It is. You're, you're buggered now until we. Uh, but then you've got to decide when it's not. Anyway, that's a, a different podcast. Lisa's jumper. We'll probably talk about that with uh, Aaron on the radio. Uh, Holly, what about you? What's summer looking like? You have got Euros coming up. Yeah, looking forward to uh, cheering on the Lionesses um, this summer. Um, oh, I'm I get to Brighton. When's the, when's the first one? It's the 6th of July at Old Trafford, Manchester. Uh-huh. And then uh, our second group game is on the 11th at the Amex in Brighton. Norway, isn't it? 
Indeed. Uh, and then the final group game against Northern Ireland is, um, I think it's at Southampton. It's, I'm not going. It's one of the ones I couldn't go to. But um, And I'm trying to beg, steal and borrow tickets for the final. Um, fingers crossed we get there. But I missed out um, earlier. So um, hopefully I can work a bit of Wembley magic and get some tickets for that. So cool. fingers crossed. Women's Football Watch with Holly and Freems here, just for you guys. Listening. What's going on here? Euros? Mate, cool. I've... I've totally blanked. I don't know why I didn't mention that, but I'm commentating, doing audio description at the uh, at the Euros. Over oh, fantastic! Yeah. So I think I'll be at Rotherham, Lee, and uh, I've got that game at the uh, at City's uh, Etihad campus that Iceland are not happy about, um, but I will be there. Amazing stuff. Perfect. A bit like underwhelmed with it now. I'm going to start a new podcast on films that I haven't seen as a kid because my mum and dad won't let me watch them, uh, called You're Not Watching That. Um, coming up where I'm going to watch things like I've never seen I say a film like Robocop not seen it Top Gun not seen it Dirty Dancing not seen it because I wasn't allowed to watch them but it was okay to take me see David Bowie going suck baby suck give me some head work that one out so I'm going to be doing that podcast a little bit on the side um, so if you're a big fan of films and a real mad one about them and you want to come and take the piss out of me for not knowing what a yippee motherfucker means because I've still not seen Die Hard um, I know it's really really freaky um, but apart from that yeah we'll be in touch on Twitter what we're doing thank you so much for everyone who's listened this year uh, we've got loads coming next year loads of different Kieran's going to make loads of graphics <laughs> I'll do a new theme tune we'll work something out between us and yeah what a ride you Reds you Reds how do I stop it recording <laughs>